Hey, this is Rick Kickler, head coach of the South Alabama Admirals, and you're listening to the Table Talk Sports Network. Hey, this is Julian Alexander, linebacker and assistant head coach of the Chattanooga team, and you're listening to the Table Talk Sports Network. Fire up the fiddles, it's Bo Diddle, head coach of the Ballentown A&M Lumberjacks, and you're listening to the Table Talk Sports Network with host Eric Mears. Hey, welcome to the Squirrels. Mears and Trigar here again with another episode of Table Talk. We're back on the ECFL talk subject again. We can't find anybody right now to do a CSBA, so I guess me and Trigar have to tackle that too. You know, um, we try to get C Web in here. He's a little tied up, but we have the uh, coach of the number one team in the nation, Sharks, Tez, Tez Turn. We have J Mac from uh, Winging It in Semi, the uh, broadcast extraordinaire, and of course, my partner Tri- Trigar. Trigar, how's it going, brother? Ah, it's going. Glad to be back again. <laughs> so, we have Ted Stern in the room, man, and we got to talk to him first because he has now the number one team in the ECFL. Yeah, man. So, Ted, how, yeah. how you feeling, man? What's the pressure like? No, it's been a great season so far, man. And, you know, just uh, love the team I have this season. Uh, one second. He's yeah. there when I go there. I was gonna laugh. Sorry. Um, no, yeah. man. Just, just having a great season so far. You know, um, glad with the team I got. You know, with Squid and Steven just putting in tons of work. And yeah, um, yeah we're looking forward to this week. You know, another half of the season to go. Um, appreciate you having me on, man. I just love your podcast. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. You know, I. Got a new name, new, uh, new brand, and uh, Trigar just told me that now we, we finally got, I finally got a new co-host. Ladies and gentlemen, Trigar has came on board. He's now the co-host with me on Table Talk. So thank you very much, Trigar. I appreciate it. Entertaining. That's entertaining. Winging it, which by the way, we just uh, we listened to your podcast. You just got to listen to it, Jay Mack. You've done an amazing job over there, man. Uh, appreciate mm-hmm. it. Appreciate it. We were just having fun. Yeah, I mean, even though they're, they're frontier bison haters, everybody except for J Mac, of course. You know, <laughs> but <laughs> I think who was it that said? I was listening to it. Somebody said, "Uh, uh frontier is like, wait, aren't they FCS team?" I was like, "Oh, dude, <laughs> so, that is cold blooded." That was so on the I game started, broadcast. Yeah, so I accidentally said that during one of their games. <laughs> It wasn't to like. It wasn't to be mean. You said it too. I probably said it too. It wasn't to be mean or anything. It was just the fact that like they had severely underperformed, and it felt like anyone that played them was just like guaranteed a cupcake game. And then obviously, like the new coaching and everything came in, and it really helped turn around the perspective. Like the perspective. So, yeah, I haven't said it since. (laughs) <laughs> no, I know. It's, uh, we got a good laugh out of me and K-Town, dude. But, uh, so we're going to talk about that for a minute. Uh, we'll talk We'll talk about the Frontier, then we're going to go to Central Texas because those are the big coaching changes we've had recently. Um, so the Frontier, me and K-Town took over. The The morale was – man, it was really bad. Um, uh, Black Paw posted in the locker room saying, hey, guys, these are your new coaches. And it was crickets. Like, so me and K-Town was like, oh, man, <laughs> here we go, you know. <laughs> So we actually had to go down the list and start seeing, you know, who we had to ghost and stuff, man. There, there's, so we had to message every single one of our players and say, hey, man, look, you know, we, we have we have some experience, you know. Uh, we both have experience building players and 
and the playoffs and championships, you know, we're really wanting to turn this thing around. And believe it or not, after we played South Alabama, which um, it, we kept it close like for three quarters, and then that th- that fourth quarter, we, they just kind of walked away with it. And we thought after that loss, we were going to be like, oh, you know, here we go. How, how are we going to turn this around with a loss like that, you know? Because it was too soon for us to change the playbook. We mm. couldn't do it. We had like three three days to come up with the game plan. And we're like, man, look, let's just, let's just let's use this Baylor book one more time, and then we'll, we'll change. You know, we'll start testing as soon as we put our numbers in. We'll start testing playbooks to see what we can do. And believe it or not, dude, after that loss, they were like, hey, man, man, we're all right. yeah, we're we're back on board. We're like, oh, okay. Um, so, I, I'll be honest with you, I did not watch a Frontier game <laughs> until I got the coaching job. I went back and scouted to see what we were doing wrong. Yeah. And I was like, crap. Now, now I know why they were so, you know, so down. But uh, man, we got some we got some new blood in there now, new playbook. Uh, we're feeling pretty good about it. Uh, we got an FCS team, which I know, man, these FCS teams you you, you can't sleep on. I mean, I guess that's what I kind of like about it because they can beat you, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you still got to kind of you know. Um, did you you know keep an eye on it? Did you know like the beginning three weeks were probably you know maybe top five JMAC might be able to attest to like strength of schedule wise, but Maui State, Bone Town, and Ozark, that's like really difficult teams to play against anyway. And like you guys played them weeks one through three. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's I, I did see that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so two out of the three. Yeah. But uh and so so Ted played um Ted played Frontier um all around the top of the Frontier before we switched to Central Texas. I kinda wanna get um get a my state perspective from it when you when you start preparing for what is that sound oh my goodness gracious but uh it sounds like someone besides me is driving yeah <laughs> so, so all right um okay can you hear me yeah yeah what's up okay yeah. so when you when you start planning for for frontier um how, how does how does that go for you do, do you was it just like another game, or were you like, okay, well, I think I gotta, I think we can beat these guys, so let's just try something new, you know? No, no, no. I mean, it was week one, you know, we were still figuring things out. Um, you know, unfortunately, it seems like Munier just didn't have the time, but yeah, but yeah, you know, we were going to it as a normal game, you know, just trying our thing, and you know, we um, fortunately we were able to take care of it, but um. No, there was definitely some serious talent there. There's some serious, you know, strengths there for sure. Um, I know Courtney Harris, you know, is a big topic there. Is he good or is it just, you know, his system? But um yeah. you know, he's always been regarded as a talented quarterback and you know, you guys definitely got some more guys over there too. So, you know, uh Frontier definitely, you know, has those players. I know you guys brought in quite a few more guys too, but um, you know, it was definitely a normal game. It wasn't just one we were just gonna, you know, try something new or something, you know, we took it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah bringing in Williams at corner and uh, Owsley on the defensive line, which Owsley mm-hmm. had a huge game against uh, Central Texas. And when we're talking about Central Texas, we're going to go ahead and switch over to that. Um, we lost Simma out of the room, so he may come back. Um, but uh, Trigar, I'll let you talk about Central Texas for a minute. They're, when the season first started, they looked at, they looked at one of the teams that could really – make a push for the playoffs and could be one of those top contenders. And, and man, they just seem to have just barely missed those big games. You know, they've competed with a lot of big, big, big name teams and top five teams. But um, what, 
what can C-Web do that can turn this thing around for Central Texas? I, I mean, the biggest thing I think Central Texas needs to do is how to keep their momentum. It seems like when they make one big play, they're going to make a bigger play to give the other team momentum. They've struggled holding on to the football this year. They fumbled a lot. And, yeah. I mean, going into the fourth quarter, it just seems like they're tired. Like, they're giving up. Because yeah. they can play any team out there close. They played us. And, I mean, it was a close game all the way through. And I would just like to see them be able to maybe not rely so much on Spiderweb out of the backfield and the run because they're having troubles holding onto the ball and doing it. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, uh, Sim, go ahead, Ted. Yeah, I just want to hop in there. Um, you know, see. Hey, Ted, we're losing you. We're losing you, bud. Uh oh. Uh oh. We can hear you now. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I just want to hop in. Um, I've known him for a few seasons now. Uh, he's he's definitely you know one of the best CSBA coaches. You know he's been there for a while. You know stuff. So, um, I think he's definitely gonna get him on the right track for sure. Yeah. All right. So same same subject talking about Central Texas. I mean, you look at the the, the roster they have: Longtree, Lacey, Delano. I mean, we you keep going with Spiderweb. But what is what does C-Web have to do down there? And I know knocking him at, I know knocking from, you know, previous leagues and you know, he's been around this kind of sim stuff for a while. So he knows what he's doing. Um, what was Central Texas doing wrong? And what can they do different to improve that? Man, about Central Texas, like overall? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I feel bad for Central Texas because it seems like they had a really favorable schedule until week four but like now like they obviously they get like a couple of breaks back in there but the team overall like seems really uh, i would i would want to say that they're really pass heavy and they don't get the rush as much as they should and honestly like i i need to see like a more balanced offense or something coming from them and i, I just don't see it as we get the guy like with the weed eater again, just like running right by the window. <laughs> That's literally what it was. That's why I like undid my mic. I was like, oh, just wait a second. I'll do the mic. He'll walk by probably 10 seconds of clip out here. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. We'll clip it out once he walks by. But yeah. damn me for keeping my lawn maintained. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you want your neighbors to have a good looking lawn, but not at the expense of what you're doing. Yeah. Right. Uh, J Mac. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, sir. What Central Texas got to do different, man? Uh, um, Lacey, he's a he's a dual threat quarterback, but he's like a Courtney Harris. Um, he's like Courtney Harris, but they just have to run Lacey more because passing, he's no, he's just. Interception at the interception, so they're always behind. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and man, they have. In my opinion, this is this is going to be completely. Y'all may hate me for this. I may get a lot of hate for this, but uh, 
in my opinion, they got probably two of the best safety duo or the best safety duo in the league. You got two two long tree and you got Digger Graves back there in the same in the same secondary. And they make big plays. You know, uh, they've made big plays all season. But yeah, I agree. Well, well man, and it is there have what I've noticed about Central Texas is if you can run the football, you're gonna give them a hard time, man. Like they can defend the run all game, uh, defend the pass all game long. It's really hard to pass on them. But uh, when you do pass on them, it's those big plays over the top to get them. You know, and Frontier, uh, when they played them this past week, had those couple big plays that went over the top, which which made the difference in the score. You know, and um, so it's kind of like pick your poison with if you're Central Texas right now. But like Ted said, Siva has been known for being a uh, being a really good coach in the CSBA, and uh, you know, being able to translate over to the ECFL if he can do that, man, it's. I don't think it's too late because, like, um, like they're saying, a wing in it, you know, and like J Mac can say, the conference they're in, it's it's a weak conference. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, they can definitely turn it around. But uh, so now we're going to talk about some some uh, we're we're going to go from the bottom feeders, and I can say that because I'm, I'm a coach one of the bottom feeders. So <laughs> we're going to switch all the way up back to the top. We're going to talk about the My State Sharks, and uh, we're going to let Ted start overrated. Oh, oh, oh. Hey. oh man, <laughs> that's crazy. So, hey Ted, if I had, if you had to pick one, if you had to pick one thing that's going to take you to championship, would you pick your defense or would you pick your quarterback play? Oh man, um, we're gonna put you on the spot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I love my defense, man, but you know, Thrasher Baines. Uh, you know, cover athlete here. I mean, hey, Squid's been my guy. That's yeah, shocking. I'll be right back. I'll be right back, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It, Ted say Squid's been his guy, but really Squid's been his shadow. That's you shocking. Sima, like... <laughs> if, if you're if you're in my state and you had to lean on something, who what would you lean on? I would lean on the defense. Like that defense, that defense is crazy good. Like I don't really know how to like express the fact that like some of the like better offenses that they've gone against. I mean, like they just held Tennessee to like ten points, right? They held Central yeah. Texas to t- t- 10, 12 points, and then the one before that obviously was an FCS team. But the one matchup we thought that they were going to have trouble with was Ozark, but they still won against a, a good offense there. So it's like their defense is playing lights out right now. So I don't know what they're doing setting-wise, J-Mac, but they, like, they're crushing it. Yeah. Uh, oh, they're overrated. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, seriously, seriously. No, Maui State is a real good team. They're, they're a real good team. But their defense is what's carrying them. Thrasher right. Baines, on offenses by committee, they're running back Edwards. They have a lot of weapons at the, the skill position, so their yeah. their offense is by committee. So you can't really focus on thrashing burns, but their defense, they can stop you running, they can stop you passing. Like they're they're a complete package. Oh yeah, all right, yeah, that's good. Right. And Trigar, I, I'm gonna ask you this. You know, uh, my state, like they said, the defense is just amazing, right? Stephen Brady is he the best? Is he the best safety in the league right now? Uh. I wouldn't go quite that far. He is a good safety, yes. 
but there's so much talent on that defense. I, I don't think he has the availability to shine on that defense, whereas some of the lesser defenses that just have a standout safety will take the better safety by numbers. Yeah. If, yeah. if he started getting some interceptions, like I think – like in the right. if he was impactful in the passing game where you hadn't really seen him, he's really impactful in like just uh, like having a sight for the ball and like getting to the ball carriers really well. But I think yeah. if he made more noise in the passing game. You could probably put him up there. I, I mean, you know, I, I'll talk about him a little bit more because if you tackles, I don't think he's top five in safety and tackles because I know the top three right now. Is Colby Wersma from uh, Bone Town, Cletus Snow from Atlantic City, and Digger Graves from Central Texas on the run game from this safety position? He's only had he, five in the league in tackles. He only has the 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 Mako Brewer and Cletus Snow. Those are the only other two safeties in the top uh, uh, six. He's number six in tackles right now. Yeah. So yeah. he's okay. he's One he's of them dropped off. Yeah, he's really good at like making plays. It's just like. He doesn't – he's not noticeable on the back end because he doesn't have the highlight picks or anything yet. Yet, Right. That, that's what you – yes, but, but then you – okay, cross from him, right? You got Colt Wetzel, right? And now he does have the interceptions. He doesn't have as many tackles. Right. And um, so, I mean, that's why I said earlier I might get some slack for that best safety duo with Central Texas. But you have two different completely different safeties. You have a ball hawk safety and you have a downhill – uh, you know, type of safety that comes and supports the run. But don't they use Steven, like, all over the field? Like, I think he lines up everywhere. He does. And that – me and um, K-Town were talking about that the other day. That has to do how you how you, you build your player. If you build that safety, then he's going to come up to the line. And if you build that safety a different way, he's going to sit back. And that's what that, that Colt Wessel, they're two different types of safeties. But I think – you know, in my opinion, that's what makes Molly's secondary so good with that sa- those safeties because they're two different completely tops. And usually when you have that those safeties, they're, they mock a lot of each other. You know, they, they're kind of the same safety, but they're really good. But, uh, man, Ted having a Swiss Army knife in two different, completely different ways is, uh, makes the corners job in my state a lot easier too, you know. <clears throat> you should see what J-Mac really feels like where they'd really – where Maui would take their first loss. Oh, week eight. They're, they're losing week eight. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Hey, is there? Is, it's Amelia Earhart. Hey, can, can you print that receipt out for me, Trigar? <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I think they play South Alabama this week, and I think that's going to be a close game. Yeah, they do. Uh, I mean, yes. about Maui. Maui is an insanely talented team. But their front half of their schedule, yes, they have faced some good teams. But their back half, in my opinion, just – it continues to get harder for them from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. Where, like – I mean, like, teams like Bonetown jumped out to a really bad record off the start. But they faced an, the harder half of the season up first where Maui has to face it. Uh, I, I disagree, dude. We played Frontier and and Boise A and T in the first four weeks. <laughs> I know you also played Chattanooga right off. Yeah, the we did. That was the first game. Yeah. Then there was uh, East Townsend. Y'all played. Right. I mean, I'm that was not, a hard. That was a heartbreaker, to be honest. I, I mean, both of those games were a heart. 
matter, but I mean, if you look at like the opponent records, I mean, uh, yes, you got they y'all both played the Frontier Bison, y'all both played an FCS team, you know, it's first five weeks. The next, I, I, we are not an FCS team. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I said the yeah, Frontier Bison, no, and no, I'm FCS I'll give it to J Mac though. Like the last game of week six is going to be South Alabama and Maui. So, so I, South Alabama is being slept on, in my opinion, dude. I mean, really? I, I think so. Uh, I think I, they're going to sing around. I think they're a playoff team. I'm, I mean, they're number five. So I don't, I don't know if they're being slept on. Well, they're, I mean, they're not being say... talked about as much. Yeah, like okay, you know, you in a conversation, you got Chattanooga, you got my, I mean, even Palm Beach, and so Palm Beach ain't, ain't surprising nobody anymore. That's why I think no, they're gonna have no. a hard time, you know. And and but I think South Alabama, even like you said, they're still at number five. I think they're still gonna surprise some people, and no one's talking about them. They, yeah, I w- go ahead, J Mac. No, I said I won't be surprised if they beat Maui, and that's not just me hating on Maui. I just think South Alabama is that good because. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was our toughest test besides, you know, of course, the, the loss we just had to Panama. They took us to overtime, and we won, you know, on the last second play. So, I think they're a tough test. I think, oh, no I think except for week one, they South Alabama has put up 30 points every game minimum, except week Is one. It, ain't that crazy that, like, they're, they're – so, like J-Max said, they're in the top five, but they just – they're not in the conversation, you know, like – I do, I do, do they have a statement win? Like, is that why? Like, uh, Yeah, I didn't think about that. Like, so yeah. what was it? Like, so East Townsend, Amelia, they lost to Amelia. That could have been their statement win right there. Yeah. So I don't know. They beat Desert State. I think Desert State's another good team. And then they play Maui. Oh, yeah, no. So I don't know. If they, like, go on a little run here, they could, they could be top three. Oh yeah, no doubt. So I don't think they're. Okay. I, I yeah. don't think they're slept on. That's why I laughed because I was like, slept on? Like maybe not, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I should have worded that different. Talked about. I don't think they're given like the top tier. Like obviously, like I think we all had an opinion of like who the top tier teams were, and they were. Right. They were considered like this the B tier, right? Like they weren't A tier; they were B tier teams. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and you just didn't know what else like if they were going to take another jump maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Right, so so since since J Max no in the room, yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, and J Mac, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> Amelia Earhart is a really good linebacker by the name of Lee Jones, right? Yeah, they they do. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> And, and South Alabama is a really good uh, linebacker at the um, position of uh, – or the name of Derek Dillon. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, who's that better linebacker? <laughs> uh, I would say – I mean, me personally, I would say Lee Jones. Oh, uh, hey. <laughs> me, me, me personally. Me personally. <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna second that. I'm gonna second that. Go ahead, keep going with it, J Mac. Lee, Lee Jones is a fast linebacker. He yes. plays like a safety, so yeah. uh, that's why I would go with Lee Jones. He can. He he's a true on the sideline linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why. Okay. But another takeaway from Dylan because you know he he's what second, third in the league in tackles. 
So uh, I don't have it right in front of me. He's, I know he's, he's up second. Here. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, he's not. Um, so once once you, I mean, once you, you know, you're you're going to finer details like who who you want more. I just like Lee Jones because he's faster. Right, right. I mean, there are two different kinds of types of linebackers. The reason I asked you that. So Derek Dillon plays mm-hmm. on the outside majority of the time, but dude, he is a big body, like middle linebacker, like type of guy, you know? Yeah. Um, and while we we're on the subject of South Alabama, I had to put you on the spot because I know, I knew your answer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Trigar. What up? Let's talk about some Amelia Earhart Hornets, man. Because, you know, J-Mac don't, you know, he don't need to get involved in this conversation, you know? <laughs> So, hey, you know, they're beginning of the season. Um, you know, Elton Bridges was just putting on a show and has been putting on a show ever since. Uh, so let's talk about some uh, Amir Earhart Hornets and let's talk about some Elton Bridges play. One, the first thing I want to see the Amelia Earhart Hornets do is get their names easier for the broadcasters because Hey, wait, what's that What's that corner's name? Uh, Shimmy? Oh, my God. Hey, what's the corner's name? Shimmy, what's it? Oh, gosh, I can't remember his name. I've been looking the the corner for Amelia? Yeah. Uh, Shumi Hulk Nevetto. Yes. Shumi Hulk Nevetto. Jeez, and they have a safety as hard to pronounce. I'm, I'm looking yeah, at it. And then uh, the safety is Mika Raikun. Mika Raikun. Yes. Thank you, Trigar. Or Raikunin. Raikunin. Okay, I got to pull it up now. Oh, and on the defensive oh, line. Oh, right in. Right. Yeah. All right, how do you say it again? Right in. So me, Mika, last name Raikunin, and then you had a defensive end, which I hate saying the first part. It's it's Mac it's Machiavelli Covelli. Like it sounds like one long name, but it's two. It's a first and a last. He sounds like a rapper. Uh, <laughs> Machiavelli Covelli. Machiavelli Covelli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's half the team when you're trying to say it. We had to actually get a pronunciation sheet. Yeah, I did. All their games. <laughs> they, they, they got Dick Dicky. Don't forget Dick Dicky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, I mean, Shane Knox. Okay, easy. All day, you know. But anyway, maybe our heart hornets. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, came in and started off the season uh, as, as a, a favorite team. Chagar, I mean, how do you see them going from here on the rest of the season? They're such a talented team. They'll bounce right back. I mean, they've now shown that they can be beat. And yeah. th- so they're going to come back fighting harder because they know what it's like to lose. And they weren't a fan of it. And they have an, a really stout defense running one of the few teams still running a traditional defense that is actually having success with it. And I yeah. mean, they're in. Elton Bridges has just been phenomenal. I mean, he didn't throw a pick to start the game. That's the reason they lost. He's he, he likes throwing an interception <laughs> to start the first drive. <laughs> uh, hey, but Panam- Panama is not a bad team to lose to. You know, I, I think no, Pan- Panama is a really good team. Yeah, that was still a surprise though. I mean, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I I lost that pick. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's how, it's how we lost. That's oh, okay. surprising. Yeah. That's how I, we lost. We, well, let's talk about it, J-Mac. We didn't – Panama State then crossed the 50-yard line in the second half, and we still lost the game. That that's, is a crazy stat, dude. 
That's insane. So, so, all right, yeah, all right, so that, J-Mac, so, so is this, is, yeah. you got an FCS team tomorrow, right? right? Yep. So even though it's the FCS team, can you still do a statement? Can you still get a statement win after that loss to Panama against the FCS team? Um, I mean, not not because we have established ourselves as one of the better teams in the league, so they're already yeah. expecting us to win. So mm-hmm. the game versus FCS is a – I would say it's a lose-lose because if we, we don't beat it by a lot, oh, you know, we're probably not as good as we think we was. If we beat right. a lot by a lot, that's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. The, that's why I think some of these I mean, FCS only, games can be dangerous, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, because when, yeah. when you're when you're doing rankings and, and say you beat you beat them by twenty eight, you know, and the other team that played them before beat them by thirty five, how does that play into your rankings? Yeah. Even those SCS teams, you know. <laughs> yep. So 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 far, no SCS team has been held scoreless, and the biggest victory of margin was fifty three points over an FCS team. So oh, I don't know. Like I agree with J Mac. It's really hard to make a statement against an FCS team when you're already considered like an A tier team. However, yeah. however, two things. <laughs> if if Bridges can take care of the ball, that'd be one, and not get sacked a whole lot because he loves to get sacked as well. Yeah. Uh, if they could hold them to if they could hold them to no points or increase the margin of victory over 53 points that to me is still a statement because no other team has done that yet right right yep. that's why i yep. think so the fcs team the fcs games are still pretty important man oh yeah. people look the style of style points people look oh yeah mm-hmm that's why Bone Town, Bone Town, when they didn't, they they're the only team that didn't let up a touchdown to an FCS team. So uh, I yeah. give them, you know, extra credit for that because their defense is legit. Wait, did J Matt just give credit to Bone Town? I'm, I'm gonna take that, and not say anything. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna accept the gift. <laughs> next subject, next subject. Yeah, move on before it changes the mind. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. New team. Let's talk about new team. Let's talk about some Cascade State Cougars, man. And I hate Ted's gone because we could have got some real hate in here. They're you know? weird. Like, they're a weird right? team. I don't know right? what to tell you about this team. Like, I don't even know if J-Mac has a, like, a strong feeling one way or the other. <laughs> um, here, Cascade State, Cascade State, they, they just had a rough patch the first few games. They was out playing stuff. They didn't have, they didn't have an identity <laughs> the first, the yeah. first four weeks mm. of the season. Then uh, this last week versus Chattanooga, they really put on the show. And if, if they, they're a team that could go on the run, and they go on the run, I, you know, like they we said in the Wigan podcast, Chattanooga loses the first round. Maui can lose your first round. Amelia can lose in the first round, and we have to face um, – well, not Amelia and Maui because, you know, we don't play them first. But if um, Chattanooga, they can lose again to them if they play them in the first round. They have to face Cascade. Uh, so, so okay, uh, Trigar, how big is that first that that loss in uh, back in beginning of August? How big is that loss to Desert State then if Cascade starts making a push toward the playoffs and it comes to a vote? Man, I, I think if Cascade can stay on a win streak right now and take out some.
Take out some other. Got it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's here's a here's a fun fact. Okay, Cascade in the first three weeks, all of their games were decided by seven points or less. In the last two weeks, they were either a blowout win or a blowout loss. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, like I like <laughs> to, to what I think uh, Trigger was trying to say is like. They they play in the in the West, which is already tough, and then their upcoming schedule, to me, like doesn't uh, it kind of helps them if you want to say that. But like they got to go against Maui, they have to go against Ozark, they still have to play Panama State. So it's like even Frontier, like Frontier is not going to be an easy win now, right? So yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. But, but like. They they really do have this weird like Doctor Jekyll Mister Hyde kind of thing, which is like, are they going to show up? Are they not going to show up? Is the game going to be close? And if it is, are they going to win it? And you just, I don't really know who you lean on for that team. Like I don't know who they're trying to game plan with for Cascade because it doesn't seem like they want to run it a whole lot. But then like it, like it seems like they have good receivers. You know, they have Sterling, Stern, Amanda. Bavir, uh, Joe Idol, like Joe Idol's yeah. really good. I like Joe Idol, but oh yeah, it doesn't seem like they get a lot of yards. So it's like I don't know how you play. Like how do they play better? I don't know. Yeah, well you know they got a really good collection of corners too, and that's what stands out to me of Cascade. I mean it's really easy to look at Griffin at quarterback and Welch at running back and Idol wide receiver because those are you know the big eye popping names that people are familiar with, right? Um, but if you look at the corners, man, they got a really good collection of corners that. Um, and what has beaten Cascade before? You know, the passing game. Yeah. You know, uh, you can pass on Cascade. They're going to have a really hard time, you know, beating you. Uh, but I think with Cascade, okay, for instance, uh, Ozark, right? You, they, they have not played – they have to play Ozark, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they still have to play Ozark. That's a trap game. That's week nine. Yeah, that is a trap game. Ozark, even though they're uh, they're getting towards the bottom now and they're only, they're sitting at two and three, that is a still a very good football team, and that could be a trap game for anybody going into anything right now. I mean, um, they're like I said they're towards the bottom right now. Um, you know they, they've lost two in a row, so start off three and zero, then lose two in a row. Yeah, they they ain't gonna stay on that losing streak. They so, might they might be the same. Like Cascade and Ozark might have that same weird, like identity crisis kind of thing going on. Yeah, don't know who to lean on yet. Yeah, like yeah, I don't like that's how I feel. Yeah, Jim Carr. Yeah. Go ahead, they, Jim, all three losses because Jim Carr last drive. If they can fix Jim Carr last um, fourth quarter um, struggles, I think they'll be an excellent team. Okay. Yeah, I agree. And I like I like Jim Carr too. I, I you know like and I'm y'all said it y'all talked about it on winging it y'all talked about Jim Carr. Uh, you know I think that he's he's an elite level quarterback. So so I'm interested with J Mac though because it feels like J Mac feels that Ozarks is a B like a B tier. Like do you like you yeah. obviously they're not A tier right but they're like B tier team right? Yes. So what's Cascade? Because that's I have a hard time. Uh, like I don't yeah. know if I put Cascade in B tier. I feel like they're C tier. Like I, I would have like maybe four <laughs> tiers. I, I probably have four tiers. So Central Texas and Frontier 
are just D tier. Like, I, like oh. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But like, new playbook, new coach. You know, new coach. You, you have a chance I'm to get keep out. Keep my mouth shut. You have a chance to get out of the tier, right? Oh, okay, all right. Play. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. All right. But but Ozark to me has always been B tier, and then I feel like you know Palm Beach and you know Cascade are not. They're not. I feel like they're not B tier teams. They're not bottom dwellers, but they're. I don't know. Like they just. They're just not B tier, so I don't know. It's no, interesting no, to what J Mac would say about Cascade, like where they are. Okay, so let me I, ask you. This I would say, uh, yeah, I would go say ahead, Cascade go ahead, is Jay C plus. C plus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, I'll take yeah. it. All right. They have the talent, and if like week nine, like you said, they play Ozark, that could be for a spot in the the playoffs. Yeah, right. So, you know, right. Yeah. It's go, it's going to be real good the last five weeks. Well, hey, in my opinion, I think the Ozark is. I mean, we all know how dominant Molly State is right now, right? We've all watched their games. Yeah. Like when when you post in the league chat, Molly State's playing. Everybody tunes in, and if you look, and Semi's very familiar with this because he's he's over the broadcasting now. That's where you get your most viewers at. Molly State's a yep. fun team to watch. People want to watch them. They're active, and right now they're. I mean, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, so if you're not just Hear me out real, sec- real quick. <laughs> they're, the, they're the Dallas Cowboys the ACFL right now. I I would say the top teams uh, that are, like, getting the most interaction and views. It, Maui State's easily, like, one of the, one of them. Uh, yeah. Chattanooga, their fan base is really good. A lot of people yeah. like to watch Chattanooga. Uh, yeah. Bowtown's, Bowtown's team is just rabid. So, like, they show up and everyone yeah. loves to hate them. Yeah. I feel like they're really fun to watch, but then I feel like I feel like South Alabama. I, a lot of people like don't want to say that they're fun to watch, but they are because you don't know yes. mm-hmm. how they're going to play, and you feel like they're always coming from behind, so they're always good games. So yeah, I would say like those are fun. Yeah, definitely agree. Well, let me ask you this then. Okay, so Ozark, we talked about Ozark being you know towards the bottom, but one of those bottom tier teams. But in my opinion, so I, went, I watched the Mike State Ozark game, and in my opinion, that's the only game that Mike State's been in where you didn't think they were going to win. Mm-hmm. Like I watched that game and I was like, Mike State better start doing something because if they let Ozark hang around, they're going to beat them. So, what was Ozark doing different then than what they're doing now? Because Mike State's a dominant team. Like when you get Mike State on your schedule, you're like, ah, oh, crap, you know? Yeah. Uh, but. Ozark played on my, in my opinion, and semi y'all can disagree with me or not. I mean, this is what I'm having a conversation for. That Ozark's played on the toughest. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was yeah like, it's not even close. Yeah, not even close. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. If you ask like what they are doing difference wise, like Ozark, I I don't really know if there was a difference wise. I think it was the fact that it was week two. And uh, it's not like they – because, like, they didn't run for more yards. They didn't pass – I think they did pass for more yards, but they didn't throw more touchdowns. So it was one of those, like, maybe it was one of the, like, you're early on, you're trying trying to find out who you are and what your settings are, and it just kind of worked. It just kind of worked for you. But they haven't – like, Ozark really hasn't stayed the same since that game. So I don't know what they were tinkering with after that. 
but I would go back. Like I, I would go yeah, back no to, that, <laughs> yeah. to those settings. Yeah, and I would, I would, I would give a little pushback in the sense that Ozark did play a million tough. I mean, they yeah. they gave yeah. six hundred yards to Bridges, but the final score was fifty six forty two, and of course Carr threw an interception to Mister Jones to end the game. So oh, here we uh, go. That's right. <laughs> So, I I think that they have a, an explosive offense. It's just I just go back to Jim Carr, last minute drive, interceptions, incompletions, not running the offense. That's how yeah. they fell to uh, um, Atlantic City. They had the game in hand, then they lost it at the end. Yeah, I think it's game planning. Like honestly, Ozark Ozark can actually be really good talent wise like they are really good talent wise but i think it's for them it's just all in preparation yeah okay yeah okay what y'all want to talk about some east towns and reapers sure yeah all right sure what what, what tier are they in uh <laughs> I, I i mean i don't want to dog on east towns to, <laughs> yeah. but they're they're to me like they're they're like a, a B minus C plus team like like I don't I, like they've done really well like they're they're two and two in the conference they're right up there in the East but what J Mac said was that they were the East is weaker and I I tend to is, agree yeah. I tend to agree with him that the East is weaker and it's surprising how East Townsend has done early along with Tennessee A and M like those teams have been surprising to me. Uh, I still let me ask you this, Emma. Yeah, if, if East Townsend fixes their quarterback play, how dangerous are they? Uh, they probably they might they might jump up into like one of the top tier teams. They really no. could. Oh, they really could. Y'all, y'all being hard on Castle. I think East Townsend <laughs> is, is the East version. I mean, is the is the East version of South Alabama. I think they're South Alabama okay. East Townsend is one and the same. Because Castle, mm-hmm. he's coming off the game where he I'm threw listening. for 400 yards. Okay, he threw for 400 yards and six touchdowns with no interceptions. And to add, he had almost 100 yards on the ground. So I think y'all being a little hard on Castle. <laughs> East Townsend and South Alabama, to me, is one and the same. So they play hard. Mm-hmm. What was that? No, I like that. I, like that. I mean, I, yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah. say their defense – to me, their offense hasn't done like th- this last week. They did a lot, but before yeah. that, like yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen the offense. I mean, they can put up points. I'm not saying they can't put up points, but the reason I don't agree with the statement is just because I just don't see Castle and the offense do consistently doing it. Like it's like sporadic yeah. to me. So their defense yeah, has the kept them. Yeah, like the defense has kept them in the games, and then like it's yeah. really inconsistent. And Castle, you don't really know what you're getting, so it's just like I don't know if they did have a better QB play. <laughs> like, yeah, they'd probably yeah. be like because their defense is really good. Yes. Well, and yeah, and, that's the thing. and they got a good coach. Convict can game plan. Yes. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to play them. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, they're dang. I mean, so that that's where, that's where my players at uh, my tight end. Which, uh, by the way, tight end on spread defense. So I, I'm a roster spot. So, and <laughs> on the spread offense with tight end. <laughs> but uh, I, I've watched every East Townsend game, and um, Castle is a really good quarterback. 
uh, I just think that and I can't put my finger on it, uh, Maxima. You know, that what – because we'll move the ball it's down. Consistent, to the, the ball it's down consistency. Field. It is consistency, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, like Sam, I and, said, that's the word for the offense, consistent. That, so that's the only thing that's holding them back. They have they have their FCS team this week, but then they get Maui State, Palm Beach, Ooh. Panama State, and Atlantic City. I could see them going two and two. I, yeah. I, I maybe – I don't see them losing more than two games, but it would be tough for them to go three and one in the last four weeks. Okay, do they have a statement win yet? Uh, I think um, I think the Bone Town robbery is a statement win. Yeah, I, uh, okay, I, because they, this, they huh? should have lost that one, and instead there was inconsistency from the Bone Town QB. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, let, let me ask oh. you: if, if they beat Chattanooga, if they end up beating Chattanooga, uh, about I think that was week two. For, uh, no, week four. Was, week four. Was it week four? Yeah, we uh, uh, let me let me double check because I just saw it. Yeah, we uh, yeah, so they, 20, 26-22. That could have been a statement win. Yeah. Do we talk about them different if they win that game? I talk about them different if yes. they win that game. I wouldn't yes, consider them like a mid-feeder. I would consider okay. them top tier, like a, like a like really high B plus, A minus. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So while but we're talking in, about the steam. You, this is a fun man, team, dude. I love this team. I really fun do. <laughs> There's um, so much about this team that's so fun. Like Mojo Rising, I, I, like, I don't even care how it comes off in league chat. There is a man crush on Mojo Rising. Like oh, this, dude. and watching him, and you won't even be playing him. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> and you just, you're just watching. You're like, damn, I hate this guy. Like he's so good. Like. Why, why can't my player be that good, you know? <laughs> he His his ability, uh, like the way that he plays, is I think what has helped the steam becomes like increasingly multidimensional because like you saw in the last game, like they teed off on him. So like yeah. their, their coaching staff, like I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you have a better time running Sims or, or, or like doing your settings because you know that people are afraid of Mojo Rising. Because he can catch the ball too. Yes. You know, like yeah, that's, that's one thing people don't talk much about. But you know, everybody, he, everybody knows he can run the ball, right? Right. But I haven't heard very many people talk about it, his his ability coming out of the backfield. Because if you look on the screen passes, every time Frontier, our 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 East Townsend lines up for a screen pass, and just like ah oh, crap, you know. But like, do you even think like that for Chattanooga? Because he catches it, breaks like nine tackles, you know, <laughs> and then he's downfield for a twelve yard gain. You're like, oh my gosh, like. He's dangerous. Like he's yeah. he, he is to me. I don't. I didn't hear uh, J Mac or you guys talking about it on the podcast. Uh, but do you guys did you guys have him as your front runner? Like for the most uh, MVP? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's my he's my front. Yeah. He's my front runner. We talked about yeah. it yesterday. Yeah. He's definitely my front runner. Is that is that what it is for you too, uh, Mears? <sighs> Man, you know I I like to be different and saying like no, you know he's. Yeah, I'm gonna go with somebody different, but you can't. Like, <laughs> I don't think really you can. can. Now, I will, I will tell you that, yeah. and I'm really impressed with what um, I can't remember. And correct me if I'm wrong, J Mac, but I think Prodigy said it on Winging It um, about a um, bird, Falcon Bird. Yes, 
Yeah. Yeah. That was one of my other guys I thought was, could really turn it up and really make a difference. You know, um, I mean, what, what he had, I don't have it here in front of me. He, did he have five or six receiving touchdowns? Falcon Bird? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got five. Okay. Yeah, I'm pulling it up now. Yeah. Yeah, but – all right. So, okay, for instance, MVP, right? When you hand out MVP award and you hand out offensive, uh, you know, MVP award, defensive MVP award, when you're voting for that and, and you're on a committee or whether it's just a league vote or anything – how much do you take into consideration of that person's team overall record? I'm going to let Jay go first. I would say it's 75% for me. 70, oh, wow, okay. 75%. 75%. That's huge. Yeah, that's a, that's okay. a lot. Yeah. I yeah. – over, This is not baseball. You, you, can't, you, you can't be the worst team <laughs> in baseball and be the MVP. So, yeah. Um, so that's why I say 75%. If you're MVP, okay. you should translate your talent, your stats to number your numbers to wins. So, okay, so, so if Ozark Valley goes on a win streak, does Jay Kennedy trump Falcon Birds uh, race in the MVP status? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. Yes, but I'll, Jay Kenley won't get it because it will go to Jim Carr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I would yeah, push back. I'll push through. back on that. Okay. I would say that, like, because Jay Kennedy has been consistent, and Jay Kennedy has been the best yes. weapon on that on that team. Like, I, I know they got Brian Ruddy and, and and Cooper, but the fact that like he hauls Jay Kennedy hauls everything in. I, I think he's got like a couple. Yeah, he's got some drops, but Jay Kennedy is really good, and I feel like he's the reason they're in games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I don't. Big play I, Jay. Yeah, big play Jay. I, I don't. I don't know who my number two is. Like, I don't feel like there's a clear number two in the MVP. Like, all the QBs are pretty close. Like, the top tier QBs are pretty close. Uh, yes. Your receivers are pretty close. Like, there's like at least like you know a, a three or four that are among the rest. But Mojo yeah. is just like clearly the best. Like, like well, okay. And I'm glad you brought that up because okay, say if Mojo has one bad game and Carrington Swift has one good game. Well, Carrington Swift is getting okay. I like Carrington Swift. Uh, let's get you know Swaggington, uh, but he's getting poached because it's a game plan situation. Like they yeah. want they want to run the the. the QB and the halfback a lot. So I yeah. I don't know if that's what's helping Swift out. And if you saw Swift be as uh, ball dominant as as Mojo is, like would he perform the same? Or is he performing well because they have a two-headed attack? So it's one of those things of like yeah. it, they nullify each other, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't, like I would still give it to Mojo. The only other person that I could see – like really making a case to like overtake is is, is Bridges because like that yeah. seems to be their game plan. And if Bridges like keeps like takes care of the ball and they continue to air it out and like rack up all these yards, like he looks like stat wise, he looks sexy as an MVP. Oh yeah. yeah. And they and they're a good team. So like for for J Mag, like he fits the bill, right? So if like they win games, they get into the playoffs, like he fits the bill. 
Here, so let, let me ask yep. you this. All right, so when you talk about defensive MVP, just first thing that comes to your mind, Sima, go. Who's the first thing, person that comes to your mind, defensive MVP? I, I'm not even going to lie. It's Bo Diddle, dude. <laughs> I, right, right. Like, yeah, this guy is so bad, yeah. Yeah. First person that comes to your mind. For me? Yeah. Um. Because I, I think He's if close. you go Bo Diddle, yeah, if you go Bo Diddle, if you really look at the other defensive linemen, Brady Gonzalez, Michael Kruger, Shane Knox, they all have numbers yeah, comparable yeah. to Bo Diddle. All right, what about Ozzy Sash, dude? I cut. What was that? What was his he name? He said. He said. What about Ozzy? Ozzy Sash. Yeah. Ozzy Sash. So he's I that mean, dark horse, in my opinion. 30, 30 tackles. Yes. Five tackles for loss, a sack, three interceptions, two pass deflections. He needs. God's a stud. He needs to. He's a stud, but he needs to do more. Okay. Like, like that's hard to say. Like when he's all over the field, that's like, like, wow. Why would you say he needs to do more? But yeah, no. but but the reason you say he needs to do more is because he's a jack of all trades, but not a master of one. Sure, sure. All right, do you put him on the ballot? Uh, not right now. Yeah, not I was, right now. yeah. I was about to say like probably not right now. Okay, but he, like, not, he, not right now. Like, is he on the outside sitting? Is he on the outside looking in, or is he just on the outside? He's on the outside. For me, okay. <laughs> For me, I, I mean, I agree. Like he's on, he's on the outside. Yeah, like, I don't. <laughs> why are you doing this to us? <laughs> yeah, hey, this is what I, this is what I do. I like to put people on the spot, man. <laughs> all right, okay. So, do you put him when you're when you're voting for all Americans? Do you do you put him in the safety race? Because there are some really good safeties that have better numbers than tackles. You know, um, have better numbers than pass deflections. Um, I I think. He is leading in interceptions. In he's, safety? He's, okay, he, he's tied. He's not because there's uh, three, two guys that have four: Shane Yos and Pistachios. Okay, all right. But, but that's what so, I'm saying. Like he's good. He's really good. But you want to see him? Maybe I don't know. Like if he had, if if by the end of the year he got close to, I don't know, six or seven sacks, maybe close to ten tackles for a loss, and he finished with five picks. Like he's an easy hop, like all American to me, and right. he, but like tackle like tackle wise, like I want to see that closer to fifty, like because he okay. is all over, yeah. he is all over the field. So if he's all over the field making all these plays, like you're gonna lead if he's gonna be in the top five in every category, like that's like that's clear, right? Like he should win a defensive sure. MVP for that, but he's not. Yeah. So that's why I say you got to do more if you're gonna play all over the field. You got to do more. Yeah. So who are all American safeties? Cletus Snow, his own teammate. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. true. Snow's good. <laughs> yeah, Cletus Snow. They got Stephen Brady, Stephen Brady from Maui. Brady. Brady. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Brady. Brady. Then, um, you know the safeties that you can't pronounce. Um, <laughs> at, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, so 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 J Mac, who are your three All American safeties? If you if you had to pick right now, that, that's that's the those those are my three is Snow, Snow from Atlantic City, yeah. Mika from Amelia Earhart, 
Then um, I just I just saw the last one. Brady, yeah, Brady from uh, Maui. See, Mike, can you get on board with that? Mm, man, it's too early for that. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, it's tough. Like, there's like just three safeties. Oh just, man, yeah, three. Yep, you're killing me, bro. I I don't know because like, I like I like. I'm not gonna lie, like I like Arian Adams. They got a South Alabama. I think I think he's really good. Yeah. Uh like there's Ma- like obviously like yeah, Maui State's like Stephen Brady's probably number one. Uh pretty easily in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Uh you do have hmm, I don't know, man. What a, what about uh what's the guy from uh uh, Digger Graves, yeah, Digger Graves. Digger, yeah. Mm-hmm. Digger Graves is like everywhere, and like, but he like he's everywhere. This is what I'm talking about for Ozzy. Like Digger Graves is everywhere, but he has over 40 tackles, right? And he has right. three yeah. fumbles and three pass deflections. Like it's more than that now, actually. So like, I would put Digger Graves for sure. Uh, but I I don't disagree with Cletus Snow. Like Cletus Snow is clear. Like yeah, like he's definitely a top. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what I think whenever it comes to. Um, all-American voting. A lot of people get trapped in that stats, that stats uh, deal. You know, like say, okay, for instance, um, who leads in? Okay, D'Amico Burr like, is, is a good example. You know, Forty-six tackles. You know, uh, but that's it. You know, he has five tackles for loss, but then there's nothing else that really stands out. Great, great safety. But when you when you are second in safety and second in tackles and safety, and you're on that ballot, do people just oh okay? More titles, click. You know, and that's what gets me on all American voting sometimes. Because then, if you if you look at that and you vote for the top three safeties that have uh, the most tackles and whatnot, then Brady could be left out, which is going to be well, criminal if that happens. Well, I think like part of it is when you're when you're looking at it like that, and you're looking at the like the stack comparisons. Like, okay, I kind of agree with J Mac, where it's just like, it, are your contributions contributing to wins yes so i kind of agree with j mac in that sense where i don't have it at 75 percent for mvp i do think it matters i just don't have it as high i think for all american it like i think it almost weighs just as heavily as it does for mvp for me is if you're putting up big stats then you better be putting up wins and if you're not then it's kind of irrelevant to me like i'm not gonna yeah you on the all american even though you i don't know it might seem wrong because it is all American is pretty much like the outstanding players, but if I had to choose between like uh, you know Chris Lee and Carrington Swift, like Armada versus Smokies, like at the end of the year, like I don't think those two teams finish in the same direction. Like I I don't. Right. So I would probably go towards like Carrington Swift and the Armada, and I think that the Smokies are going to taper off. Yeah. Even though, even though Chris Lee has like had almost 600 yards rushing, so I don't know. Yeah. All right, well, I'm gonna uh, put you on the spot that, again. That, that if you're voting for quarterbacks, okay. what's up, J Mac? Oh no, I was asking a question because you know how half of the league, well, eleven teams in the league, is is either four and one and three and two. Yeah. What is a success this year? Is it like seven and three, six and four? I don't know. 
I think I think make the playoffs in your this is a successful season because <laughs> the reason I it's a, it's, it sounds funny, but honestly, with so much parity, it's just like why not? Like why should you not make the playoffs with so many teams bottlenecked and close together? Like you, this is the yeah. most might be depending on like you know I know it's season one, but this is a way to stand out and be like, well, we made the playoffs. And like all these other teams that thought they were good or thought that they could hang with us, they didn't even make the playoffs. So they didn't have a good year because because a good year is putting yourself in position to win a championship. And they didn't do that. Right. Okay, and that's why that's my follow-up question about say one team is six and four, five and five, and don't make the playoffs. Be a six and four, seven and three, but make the playoffs, you know, on the east or the west. Do you value that over, you know? somebody with bigger numbers that did make the playoffs by one game I, if they were if they were similar numbers like i like you said big numbers so like that's why i clarify like if they're similar numbers i would put the person okay. who made the playoffs in if the person yeah. who lost yeah. and didn't make the playoffs had like three more picks and like five more tackles and maybe three more tackles for a loss i would put them as the all-american because they had better numbers and they were just outside of it but you could tell that they did what they were supposed to to help their team win. Yeah. You know, like okay. th three or four more interceptions. That's huge. A couple more tackles for a loss, like yeah. four, four more tackles. That's huge. So you're doing yeah. your job yeah. and it's only a one game difference, you know? Well, let me, let me yeah. ask you this. Okay. All right. So the NFL, they do their MVP vote win during the playoffs, right? Yeah. I feel like it's biased. Uh, it is. It is. <laughs> hey, so, if it comes down to that and and they start the MVP voting during the playoffs, I mean, and that guy that say, just say by some weird chance that one of those top quarterbacks ends up being left out, you know, uh, I'll, I'll use Jim Carr, you know, Jim Carr is a, say if he's left out of the playoffs, you know, um, man, that could be kind of criminal, you know. <laughs> if, you, if you want my honest opinion, I would take Jim Carr over Elton Bridges. And the only the only reason I say that is because he doesn't get sacked as much and he doesn't throw as many interceptions. Okay. 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 They're they're but similar. They're no. only a hundred yards apart. They're only a hundred yards apart. Yeah. 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 So. And I mean, I have a little connection with the. So I will make sure that uh, <laughs> the votes get counted before the first game of the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, who are you going to take, Mears? Who are you going to take at QB if they had to do All-American voting? Uh, well, they usually do All-American. Two quarterbacks, right? It's two, yeah. Um, Man, if I had to take two, I would have to take – make it all like, so hard. I, I would put Baines in there. Oh, What? Uh, Yes. Oh, overrated, Jim. I, I would put Baines in there, and, and I'm I'm having to go with Jim Carr, man. Okay. So, so um, why Thrasher Baines? I have to ask because he he's a game changer. Like when you when you have a quarterback. Okay, for instance, let me take let me let me give you an example. All right, say in the NFL, right? Say you have Josh Allen that just throws off to the either good offensive line. He just throws for way more touchdowns, way more yards. And then you got Patrick Mahomes. 
who throws for a thousand less more yards, you know, four less touchdowns, but is extending the plays, making plays, uh, opening passing lanes with his feet outside the pocket. That's why I would have to put Baines in there. Jim Carr's not that kind of quarterback, but we know what kind of quarterback he is, right? We know that he's that guy that sits back in the pocket, buys his time, finds his passing lanes, and makes a play. I like Baines's ability to extend plays. This this goes all the way back to what J Mac said at the very beginning, talking about Maui. Is that he's to me he is a game manager because, like J Mac said, that everybody on their offense is good and they utilize everybody on their offense well. So Thrasher yeah. Baines just manages that right like to me he's not putting up godly numbers or anything he has the potential to where i mean we're only halfway through the year but i mean i don't i don't know it kind of goes to that i mean his his td to interception ratio is good right goes back to managing the game but yeah i don't, I don't know they just well play. what sticks out to me he's been sacked 13 times right as uh, a quarterback so if you take off and read option or, or if you take off and you're you're trying to find your you're passing lanes downfield and they're not there and, and you take off. If you're sight behind the line of scrimmage or you tackle behind the line of scrimmage, that is considered a sack. Yeah. So, so yeah. with that being said, if, if him taking off the way he does without finding – if there's nobody open, him only being sacked 13 times, that, that's that's huge to me. Well, here's what will help you. If they keep winning, there's not a whole lot of argument you can do. Sure. Right. But no, if I had to put one and two – and Squiddy's gonna hate me for this. He's gonna he's gonna hate me so much. he don't listen no way, you know. So he's probably doing some kind of hockey or ballet practice or something, you know. But <laughs> I'd have to put card number one, man. Honestly. Yeah. Even though the record's not what we'd like it to be. Um like Sima said earlier, he's just a guy that would okay, so if you take Jim Carr out, or this is this is what this is what matters to me. This is why I put him at number one. If you took Jim Carr off that team and put him on another team, any other team, he would do just as good. Whether it's whether it's air raid, whether it's spread, whether it's a pro style, he can fit any offense that you want him to that you want him to I, play in. I feel I feel like J Mac needs to get with the office. I think there's like some poaching <laughs> going on, or you have fine music coming down. Oh boy. <laughs> Jim Carr, he's 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 a probably top three quarterback. Is if you like Jim Carr, you have to like Dylan Tate because they yeah. pretty much have the same yes. numbers. Only you know Jim Carr has less sacks, but they pretty much have the same exact numbers. So Jim Carr and Dylan Tate is one in the same in a sense. Dylan Tate has one more win, three and two, two and three. Who would you really leave off of All American off of three and two, two and three? You know stuff like that. So yeah, it's, well, um, they have Amelia has the harder record down the stretch versus Atlanta, like rather than Atlanta Tech. So Amelia gets Chattanooga, Maui, and Frontier, Central Texas. Uh, Atlanta Tech, they get uh, they have Chattanooga, Frontier, Panama, Tennessee, and Bonetown. I would not. I would rather be Atlanta Tech than Amelia. Yeah, I don't want to play Chattanooga then Maui. Yeah, I yeah. get that, but the thing is, we play an FCS team, so I rather play four elite teams and one FCS team, no matter how hard they are, because <clears throat> no matter 
how bad Frontier appeared to be in the past. In the past, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're still an elite team. So that means that's that's still a strong possibility for an upset. Currently, prior yeah. prior to the coaching change, it was no chance. But <laughs> there is room for upset from the Frontiers, even Central Texas to a degree. You know, sure. and see where we can, yeah. you know, get that thing around. So we have one less game versus an elite team. We have four. So I would take that over, you know, Atlantic uh, Tech schedule. Yeah. Lacey's a stud too, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rocco Lacey's yeah. a stud. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so let me ask you this. Okay. And we're on the subject of Dylan Tate. We, we talked about on the last time, on the last podcast we had, which we haven't done one in a while. Me and Trigger are talking about Dylan Tate. That he's, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Here's the yes. reason I've changed my mind on that. <laughs> okay. He is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but he now, you're gonna hate me for this. He is the team. Uh you take, you take Dylan Tate off that team and you put any other quarterback in there, he's gonna have a hard time hard time adjusting, he's gonna have a hard time figuring out how to use that player. Dylan Tate, you can plug in you know, plug him in anywhere if you want to run the ball. He can run it. You want to throw the ball? He can throw it. I think mm-hmm. now this is going to be this is going to be a completely uh, off the off the wall. I guess you could say we're going Vans as bad boy. You know, <laughs> um, I think if Dylan Tate starts getting more progression from the offense around him, his numbers go up and he's back. He's an MVP. He's in the uh, All American quarterback race. I yeah, <laughs> fun stat. Uh, Dylan Tate's receivers have dropped the ball 11 times on him. Yes. Yes. So you might have a point. (laughs) Tate's good. Yeah. Like like I said, his players start – I mean, nothing against his players. I mean, great receivers. uh, Rob uh, Radman is a great running back. If they start producing more, you're going to see Dylan Tate's stats start go up as well. I think only then, one of them is over 20 receptions. I think only one. That's criminal, man. <laughs> that's criminal. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so, I don't see – what was that? No, go ahead. Go ahead, Jim. No, with, with, with Dylan Tate is – he like you said, he has to carry the offense. Right. He has to carry the offense. And, like, what happened last game – he has a bad game. The game's not close. Right. So mm-hmm. that's the yeah. That's the I, I can I can definitely agree with you on that. Oh, they, most of them are over twenty. I was looking at some older stats. Okay, most of them are over twenty. Either way, he's good. I mean, he. I don't know. Oh yeah. He's, I I guess I kind of agree with you because I just don't see them as a running team. So like. And I don't yeah. see one, I, but that's a good problem to have, like to not know which wide receiver or someone who's going to make a play every time. Like oh, to yeah. me, it's just like, oh well, they have they have multiple people who can make plays. Like I think Falcon Bird is like an easy All American. And oh, and tight end, yes, yeah. And then I, I, mean, feel like- I mean, let's not forget about Jack Armstrong. Let's not just <laughs> overlook. Well, we got to give him props. We gotta give him props because oh, you you brown nosing, dude. Oh man, he called you out. Answer. 
Oh, uh, oh man, man, Jack, I'm on, he's so I'm good. On my team. <laughs> Joey, Joey Cash leads the tight ends in uh, receptions. I'm just gonna put that out there. We're going brown nose. <laughs> I'm just gonna hey, hey, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what. Keep scrolling down. Keep scrolling down. A little more. There's my guy, Rowdy Rose. So. <laughs> very sad. That is sad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that mean so. This is it's going to be really fun to see how the uh, the defensive MVP turns out. I mean, because there's there's some studs, man. And of course, mm-hmm. Diddle sounds just Diddle is just always the the one that Bo Diddle is just that name that just you know. But like like uh, J Mac said, if he's not in the playoffs. How does that affect the voting? You know? Yeah. yeah. I already got 10 sacks in the year, you know? Yeah. And I don't see, I don't have bone time making the playoffs. <laughs> criminal. Criminal. Oh, man. <laughs> it's criminal. I don't have bone time making the playoffs. Look, you got Chattanooga. East Townsend. Chattanooga. I like that. Chattanooga. Yeah. I um, East Townsend. Atlantic City. Atlantic Tech. Okay. I kind of want to argue this. Let's hear it. I kind of want to argue this is the last point before I got to go, but uh, yeah. I would take Tennessee A&M out. They're tied, yeah, they're they're, out. They're, they're, well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, as, as standings right now, I would take them out. I think they have okay. too hard of a schedule on the back end. Uh, I think that as much as I want to leave them in, Atlanta Tech plays Bone Town in the last week, so I'm pretty sure that's for the last spot. Like that's why I feel those two teams I feel are battling for number four. Okay. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't see, I don't see Palm Beach or Panama State or even the Armada, the Atlantic City Armada, going in. Uh, they just. I just don't see it. Like, I don't see them making a run or anything to improve their standings. Whereas I think Chattanooga stays on top. I think East Townsend makes it based off their uh, their schedule, uh, which is against those three teams I was talking about that won't make a run. And I just think that Tennessee – yeah, so it would be Chattanooga, uh, East Townsend, Bonetown, and Atlanta will probably fight for the last spot – Maybe get the last two spots. That's who I would put in those four. Okay. I put those four. All right, you got you got something different, Mirrors? If I'm picking four to go to the playoffs, is that what we're doing? We're just four in the East. Yeah, four in the East to go to the, the to go to the playoffs. Ah, uh, four in the East. J Mac, you got to write this down. You got to write this down. Oh, <laughs> uh, are we doing receipts now? You, I think you got to write this one down because the East is hard, harder to predict because it's not as like there's like maybe five good teams in the East. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I'm picking four out of the East, I'm going uh, <clears throat> East Townsend, Atlantic City, Atlantic Chattanooga. City. Yes, Atlantic City. Right, yeah. Don't don't disrupt him. He said Atlantic City. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and hear me out. I, I'm I'm going Palm Beach. Can, Palm can Beach. I? Can yeah. I? First of all, Atlantic City plays Chattanooga, Bone Town, and East Townsend. I'm just putting that out there for your pick, bro. 
Hey, I, I'm telling you, I, there's some weird things going to happen. All right, I'm letting you know right now, because I'm going to tell you, right, I'm going to tell you right now, pa- uh, Panama, they're going to call, they're going to cause some ruckus. Uh, I think they're out yes. of the playoff picture, but I think that they are going to disrupt a lot of people's season because I think that once down the stretch, they're going to beat some teams that they aren't supposed to beat, and it's going to change the playoff picture. Does yeah. it start tonight? Yeah. Hang on a second, man. Just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna put me on the spot now, huh? I mean, it, it could yeah. start tonight against Bone Town. I'm just saying. Uh, I will. I will. Yeah. I tell you what. what. If Bone Town cannot, so Bone Town, Bone Town can throw the football. All right, I've seen them throw the football. That they're pretty good throwing the football. If they can get it effective, if they cannot get the ball, the running game going tonight, they're gonna lose. Mm. Okay. And they have mind, to you, run. You can write that. Don't, yes, they have to run the ball. Yeah, if they don't run the ball, now they're going to lose. Their offense has been inconsistent. They can they've shown that they could put up points, and they can show that they could, they could like lay some duds. So right. their defense has has been lights out, but they just been left out to dry too much. So I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right. So, and and Panama, you know, as they get further down the stretch, you know, they got they have Bone Town. And who do they have after the Bone Town? Uh, Casc- Cascade State, Atlanta Tech, East Townsend, and Palm Beach. See, they could really, man, they could really change the playoff picture for the East. Now, yeah, now the West, the West is a hard one to pick because yeah. uh, I think Central Texas and Frontier are going to beat some people they're not supposed to beat, and that's going to change the playoff picture. I think the, I think, I think the top three are pretty set. I, I, Maui makes the. I'd be shocked if Amelia and Maui don't make the playoffs. I, I, I would. I, yeah, I think they're shoe ins. I would hedge and say that the Admirals, South Alabama, get in, and then I feel I like this is a toss up for me. Like I feel like Ozark is better what better than what they show. But if I had to put a dark horse in, it would be Desert State. Like if I had to give the number yeah. four to somebody, it'd be Desert State. Yeah. I think South Alabama is going to turn. You're going to uh, really start hitting the stride. I think that they've got uh, some big tough games that way. They know they got some tough games ahead of them. But if you're in the West right now, even with Central Texas uh, making the coaching change, because like you said, they have they have the uh, the talent. Uh, Frontier added some more people, and they got a uh, coaching change. I think the West got even tougher. Hmm. Um, I think that the West is not. The West is not wide open. The e- I believe the East is wide open. I believe if you're in the East, you can win. You can hit yeah. a three-game winning streak and be considered a, one of the top teams in the, in the conference. So who's your four from the West? Um, well, me and my, I mean, off the off the off the gap. Um, <laughs> dude, th- those last two are. Uh, I'm going to say South Alabama because I've I've played against Kickler in other leagues. I've I've, I've seen Kickler play in other leagues, and he can game plan. So if it comes down to coaching, I think Kickler can actually outcoach some of these guys. Um, so I think South Alabama, I put them in three, and that Desert State or Cascade would be the tough one. What do you got, Jay? Right. Um, I think it's, it stays as is. I think it's South Alabama, Maui, Amelia. Those are your top three teams in the West. And the fourth spot is going to play Desert State. I think the winner of that game gets the fourth spot. 
Yeah. Uh, when is that? Like week eight, seven? Week eight. Oh, week seven. Week seven. Fun yeah, fact: I South mean, Alabama yeah. plays Ozark week ten. So. Well, that probably be for the yeah. So that could be for yeah. your the last spot. It could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let's say what would a frontier upset somebody like Amelia Earhart? How's that change it? Does that change it for Amelia Earhart, or is that just no? Amelia, just, just I, I think Amelia—they're already four and zero in the conference. Like, yeah, we're four and zero. That's too. That's way too much to overcome. Right. Right. You know, right front, now. Frontier only have they have two. So the Frontier has two more conference games left. So the Frontier can't really sh- if Frontier upsets somebody, they can't really shake up anything unless they beat Desert State. Which is yeah. the last game of the season, that, and that so that that could be a game to watch if, so like, if the frontier starts hitting the stride, and and that Desert State mm-hmm. Frontier game could actually be pretty interesting. Like, well, you get Cascade, Amelia, and Desert State. So, like at best, you finish four and three. Yeah. Right. Like, if you win out, I mean, that may get you a, right. That may get you at a four spot. Uh, yeah. Could. Yeah. Spot. yeah, it could. Depending on how their season plays out. So, but the, the West is. Is that as wide open as people think it is? Because those top two teams that have already locked it up, in my opinion. Yeah, I think if you get to, if you got to four games by the midway point, it's it's locked up. If you get right. to four games at the end of the season, like J Max says, like that's probably going to be your four. If people beat each other up, maybe the three spot, but it's most likely going to get mm-hmm. you the four spot in the in the West. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I don't. I don't. I, even if Frontier wins out. Or if Central Texas wins out, I don't see them getting in because I no. think the other teams are going to have to drop some games that I don't think they're going to drop. Yeah. But I do think that Frontier and Central Texas could really make some people hurt with with, with a surprise up because it's going to happen. Central Texas yeah. or Bison, you can write this on a wall. There's going to be an upset somewhere down the line because this league's too competitive. Ooh, for them to I like it. Like that. It, it. There's going to be an upset and it's going to change the playoff picture, whether it's for another state. Or if it say if Amelia Earhart, I mean J Mac, don't attack me, don't attack me. I ain't said it yet. You keep on, you, it yet. You keep on using Earhart. Hey, he does, <laughs> he really does, because he I, only has Amelia and Desert State. But I don't even think Desert State is an upset. Like if I'm Frontier, you should win that game. So yeah, all well, he has, all he has is Amelia as the upset. Like that's all he has. Wait, wait hear me out, Amelia. If they drop more than if they drop more than that one game against Frontier, they can end up in the three spot if another team wins out. So Amelia has Maui yep. State, Frontier, yep. and Central Texas. Those are their last three conference games. All they got they got they had, beating Maui would be huge. Huge. But even um, if they went, even if they go five and two, they're in. Like that's like that's the oh, conversation yeah. I mean, we're that's a conversation we're having. Yeah, they're so, in. I mean, Amelia's in. Maui's in. Uh, the biggest part would be that Desert State would have to really Desert State would be, would be my I think they can get in but they can't drop a game yeah they, they have to beat Ozark Central Texas Maui and Frontier I think that they could easily go three and one they could yes. the Ozark game next week is the one that they really have to win to like knock somebody down to go up like if they don't knock them down yeah. then there's no way that they go up right yeah. If if they can, if they only if they only lose against my other end, if they drop one more game, if yeah, they drop the end of Texas or Frontier, mm-hmm. they're out. I agree. Um, 
Ah, man, see that's that's that, that fourth spot in the West is really hard. The East is fun to the mm-hmm. East is fun to predict because it's like, yeah, this team could do it, this team could do it. When the West is like, okay, these two teams are in, then like those last two spots are gonna be it's gonna be a oh, freaking dog spot, man. If you want to make a case, the team that will have the worst potential to like or not the worst, they have the worst schedule is Ozark because they play teams that are all equally capable of knocking them off like central texas desert state cascade and south alabama like none of those to me is like oh that's a win maybe the desert state one maybe but like honestly like all of those are like should be close games so like if you want to talk about a team that has a really rough schedule to maintain their playoff spot it's ozark right yeah i agree i agree South Alabama doesn't. South Alabama doesn't. They they play Maui this time, and then their last two are Central Texas and Ozark. So like South Alabama to me is like you guys should you guys should be in. Yeah. Just win one of your yeah. games. Just win. Just win one of them. You know th- this week is a really big week in the ECFL. Definitely. There are some games Definitely. that can really turn turn people's. Se- I mean, there are some games tonight that could turn somebody's season around or turn it down. And that yeah, Atlanta Tech Chattanooga game tomorrow. What? What did you say? Yeah, Atlanta Tech no, Chattanooga tomorrow. Bone, he said it bone town loose tonight. Yeah, That's what he said. Yeah, trope. Oh, man. <laughs> bone town loose. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Oh, hey, I have something. If Atlanta Tech beat Chattanooga tomorrow, I think Atlanta Tech will be number one seed for the East. Oh, oh, that's ballsy. Bold move, Cotton. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, who does Chattanooga have after uh, Atlanta? Uh, who does Chattanooga have? Yeah. Uh, they get Amelia, Atlantic City, Palm Beach, and in the season at Tennessee. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's tough. That's, they they may that win Tennessee out. could be a trap game, man. <clears throat> So you, I don't know. He's right. He's he's kind of right. But like conference wise, it, you know, conference wise, like the uh, Palm Beach is lower in the conference. Tennessee is the probably the trap game. Atlantic City is lower in the conference. So, or or we are considering them below uh, Atlanta Tech at least in that in that sense. Yeah. Okay. I know we got to wrap it up, but I'm gonna ask you one more thing. Does the West have the title locked up? <laughs> I personally think it's going to be a West versus West championship. You think so? I, th- I think Maui and Amelia Earhart go play for the championship. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's sad Ted Stern's no longer on the call. I, 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 I would say I would, I would – if I had to give the championship away right now, I'd give it to Maui. And I don't I don't see them faltering, maybe but once. Like, but like once they get into the playoffs, it's just like I, I it's it's one of those like uh all right, we we've seen it all year, just give it to them so we can move on to the next one kind of situation. Uh yeah. it it would be interesting depending on how the matchups are seated when the playoffs happen, because I think Chatt- Chattanooga is really dangerous. So, I was just about to say that yeah. to him. Uh, I think Chattanooga's in the top of the game. 
So I could see Maui versus Chattanooga. Yeah. And then I could like continue my like fanboydom with with Mojo Rising, but I, I don't I don't I don't disagree. Like I could I could see that it being a Western Conference, you know, like two two both of those teams going. But I I don't know. Like I I think Chattanooga would be if they were in the Western Conference, they would be in the top three in that conference too. So it's like I wouldn't sleep on them. Is what I'm trying to All say. Right. Yeah. All right. So in closing, let me ask you all this. What is so? We're going to go completely off the rails here. The rails are gone. What is your dark horse title game? Ooh. So two teams that aren't uh, expected to make it. Two teams that yes. aren't expected. Dark horse title game. Tennessee A and M and South Alabama. Oh, you go very, very dark horse. I mean, you asked me dark horse, <laughs> so t- I say that because Tennessee, like, I don't know how they keep winning. Like, I, like, I feel like they should be losing, but like, yeah. I don't even have them making the playoffs. But they're a good this is, team. This is my noble steed. I call him Midnight. Yeah, and then South Alabama <laughs> is just like, like, yeah, you're good as well. You should make the playoffs. Like, there are two teams that should make the playoffs that are good. That we- yeah. Yeah, with with correct coaching, maybe it happens. Okay. Okay, J Mac, what's your dark horse time? East Townsend versus Panama State. Oh, oh, he did a he did an Eastern Conference final. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> All right. What about yours? Well, so uh, you took my thunder because I put East Townsend as one of them. <laughs> um. My dark horse title game is Atlanta Tech and East Townsend. Okay. Another so yeah. so you're saying that no one from the West would get in in your dark horse at all? Well, it depends on how, like I said, how it's seated. If it's seated the way I'm thinking it's going to be seated, those top teams could end up. Okay, for instance, let me tell you this. Let's say the East Conference. Let's say they do it completely different. Let's say if they do it like the NFL, AFC versus NFC. Oh no, that's not. And that could be is. completely different. Yeah, I'm just saying if you know if it was, oh. you know. Oh yeah. Um, okay. But the way they seed it, I would hate. Okay, so Molly, Molly, and Amir Earhart could, could could win out. All right. Very very well. We could win out. I would hate if I was Molly going into the playoffs with an undefeated record. I'd hate Why? that. Why? Well, they, because they sooner won't. because it. I, I agree too. I agree. I agree. They won't. I, 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 they'll, they'll, they'll drop a game. But um, we gate. <laughs> I, 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 that's the highest potential. It is the highest potential. Depending on how it's seated, if if Atlanta, if if my drops a couple games and and Amelia drops a couple games, if it's seated the way things can be seated, that they could have some really tough first first week playoff games. Absolutely. And those teams, those teams could sneak in. And now, now, this is going to sound really shitty of me to say, but we want, we want Molly versus Amelia, right? That's what we want in the title game. Yeah, that's what that. I want. That's what I want. You know? yeah. I want. I want but, Mojo. <laughs> but like I said, Chattanooga. Say if Chattanooga is seated as a four, or gets seated as a three, then you got the, that first round playoffs going to be really interesting because. Some yeah. of those teams yeah. that are really dangerous can knock off some of those big juggernaut teams, and then you get just complete off the wall title game. And East Townsend could sneak in there, yep. you know. Um, yeah. Desert State could sneak in there. 
I think Atlanta mm-hmm. Tech has the best chance of that. I think if you see Atlanta Tech at three and they play a two seed or they play a four seed, eh, man, they're they're right there on the outside of the title game looking in, and then they're a dangerous team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what – that's gotten so many – that's why when they're – you know, they talk about the NCAA extending the playoff games, and we're kind of looking at the same thing here. Some of those big teams are going to get knocked off. Uh, I'm not calling my title game yet. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think Molly is going to be the hardest team to knock off. But I do think that when they get there, if they're undefeated, they're going to have a huge target on their back. And, and there are some teams, there are some guys who are going to be game planning and buying consoles and wanting to knock these guys off, running down to the pawn shop, finding out what they can buy. Oh, what can yeah. I do? Let me go dump this change jar out and see what I can find. And, oh, I'm going to go cash this thing in a Coinstar. Right, I got $60 in Coinstar. I'm going to go buy some packs. That's what it's going to turn into. It, it, every mm-hmm. sim league I've been in has turned into that, where those guys just pack up at the end of the season because they want to knock that team off. A good example was um, yeah, Legion when he was in the, um, uh, the playoffs in a different league. He was yeah. uh, he was a coach of a team that didn't have a chance, and they packed the hell up. At the, at the end of the season because they wanted to prove it and they went and won it all. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's dangerous to go in there as undefeated because those guys are going to be cashing in coins. They're going to be mowing lawns. They're going to be pulling overtime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's, <laughs> I've seen it, <laughs> but that's going to be the biggest, fun, the funnest part of the playoffs because those guys who are already packed up and they're like, Oh, we're packed up. We're good. Let's just game plan. Yeah. You can't do that. Not you got it. I mean, I, I mean, that's what I like about the ECFL too, because you can you don't have to buy you don't have to pack up the money. If you're active and if you're active in chat, you're going to have a 95, 94 overall player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, you, if you're putting out content and you're putting out stuff, you're going to have it without spending a dime. Hashtag check mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Hashtag check in. Exactly. <laughs> so you, you watch what I say when those when those guys like say if Tennessee A and M or East Townsend. Breaks the playoffs. Watch how watch how the activity uh, bumps up. Yeah, I it's see fun that. To see. But anyway, man, I, I appreciate y'all coming. Trigar had to bounce out. He's got a game. We're fixing to actually go live here. The game here pretty quick in about thirteen minutes. Shall tune into that. It's a SCS game with Frontier. But Frontier is it's a good game to watch because uh, you know, they believe they're up and coming. They believe they finally broke that FCS team. Uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> What do you call it? A title, you know? (laughs) No comment. No comment. Yeah. (laughs) But y'all get in there and check in, man. It's a, it's gives you coins. Um, I I don't, you also check out the other podcast, beer 30, uh, winging it, J Mac and prodigy and all them have done a really good job over there. And ACE It's really fun to listen to. Uh, But man, for, for semi and for J Mac, I'm Mears, and thank you for tuning in Table Talk. Boys, appreciate you joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Have a good night, man. You too.